Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETFs for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focus Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth, and Michael Vasante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. How was your holiday? Oh, they were great, Larry. Thank you. Very good. Hope everybody's Happy holidays to all of our clients. Holidays. Okay, here are two questions that are actually from you two and to give some end of year advice to clients. What parts of my portfolio should I look to sell for tax loss harvesting this week? Great question. No, just, just kidding. So look, um, in a year like this where uh, we have losses uh, we always want to recognize tax losses because in prior years, we've recognized gains, especially when you're rebalancing your portfolio. Let's say if you have a 60-40 portfolio and you you know, had an up year like in the past years uh, up until now of 20%, as that 60 grows and you reallocate towards fixed income, you're realizing capital gains. In down years, when you look at your portfolio, you also want to make sure you're harvesting tax losses. And inside at the firm, uh, we made sure, you know, the markets were the S&P 500 was down 25% twice this year. And all throughout the course of the year, because we run a tax efficient strategy, we make sure we're harvesting clients' capital losses, uh, just like we harvest capital gains in, in good times. Now, the IRS allows you to write off $3,000 in losses per year, get about $1,000 back, something like that. That's not the picture we're looking at. We're looking at the large capital gains and offsetting with large losses. So let's say you hold a technology fund like the triple Qs, QQQ. And let's say uh, you know that's down on the year, the NASDAQ's down around 30%. Uh, and you, you have, you know, you, let's say you're down on it 30%. Well, you can sell that by a very equivalent fund, recognize that tax loss, stay invested, because we believe long-term you need to stay invested. You could look at even lowering your expenses while you're doing this and recognizing a tax loss that really is just a paper maneuver, because once the markets come back and that comes back, you know, you'll you'll have that loss and suspension. And then let's say, you know, if you look at your tax losses for your equity portfolio, for your bond portfolio. Uh, you can also offset capital gains uh, from the sale of a primary residence if you're over that amount or from a vacation home if you're over that amount. So, you know, having losses in suspension really help uh, you offset those capital gains in the good years when you have them. So we believe in taking them when they're here. Uh, you know, you got to make lemonade out of lemons. And certainly this year was very unique in the sense that you could generate it on the fixed income side as well. And so for most of our clients in the early summer, uh, we recognized uh, the, the bond portfolio losses as well, which gave us an opportunity to also substantially cut internal expenses for clients, get into set duration bonds, recognize some capital losses that'll help offset capital gains in the future. And, you know, if you go back, you know, the past three, four, five years, uh, most clients had tax bills from recognizing substantial gains. If you had those same gains going forward and you have losses in suspension, that'll help mitigate that. So you always want to take losses when you have them. And we're big believers in that. And that's what we do on behalf of our clients right up until uh, the end of the year. So, you know, we'll go through portfolios one by one to make sure we implement these strategies.
That's yeah, that's dollar a, for dollar, correct? Correct. That's dollar for dollar. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's a fantastic explanation. The two things that I think are most important about all of that are one, you're realizing the loss, but you're immediately reinvesting the money. So your net exposure essentially stays the same. So you're not necessarily cutting exposure and just sitting in cash. And you always want to make sure you're doing that, right? Because this is long-term investments and you got to stay exposed. We're not trying to time markets. You know, we're trying to do prudent steps. There's no silver bullet, right? But if you harvest those losses every year, uh, you're going to be at a net positive, uh, you know, one day going forward. Yeah. And the second thing is you need to review this on an annual basis. I mean, if you have set, if you have losses that are sitting there in suspension, like you said, you can only deduct $3,000 against your tax taxes every single year. So if you have these losses sitting in suspension, there can be time periods, and we've done this with certain clients before, where you know we new client transfers in a portfolio, they have a substantial amount of cap or carry forward losses. Sometimes we would just sell things at a gain, realize the gain, immediately buy it back to reset your cost basis higher, but soak up those losses. Because if you don't use those losses, you can only off you can only use three thousand dollars a year. Um, so they sit there for that particular purpose. It gives you a lot more portfolio flexibility and you can realize gains and reset cost basis higher, you know, rebalance securities. So it's a really, really efficient, important portfolio management tool. There's like an SEC wash rule, which means you can't buy it immediately, right? So how does that work? So you have 30 days, um, you know, to buy back the same holding. Uh, you have to wait 30 days now. Correct. You have to wait 30 days to buy back the same holding. Um, and then, uh, but you can buy an equally, let's say you have a Vanguard large cap growth fund. Uh, you can go out and buy very similar, let's call it a T. Rowe price large cap growth fund. Uh, and you have to make sure that, you know, it's different enough so it does not violate the wash sale. Well, what would you do for the Qs? So with the Qs, there's a lot of other ETFs out there and a lot of other index-based funds. Uh, that will accomplish exactly that. What we have our team do is look at the weightings and the top holdings. And, and so we dial down holistically to make sure we're having the same stock for stock exposure uh, without violating that by going to a different wrapper. Okay, the second question is, what are the new rules for required minimum distributions, which are abbreviated RMDs? And these are what you have to take out from your IRAs and 401k plans each year. So how do I determine how much my RMD should be and when should I take it? So there's a lot of rules that have circulated and changed over the course of the last few years regarding the required minimum distributions and how much- And over the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, and over the weekend, because it changed again. So a few years ago, pre-COVID, we passed Secure Act Act 1.0. Last week, we passed Secure Act 2.0, which changes these rules yet again. So it's really important to stay on the cusp of these rules as they change. So first and foremost, there are two different types of required minimum distributions that you have to take. One is a regular RMD, which is a distribution that's taken out of your account at the end of, at some point throughout a particular calendar year. Then you have beneficiary IRAs. Beneficiary IRAs are accounts that are retirement accounts that are inherited from non-spouse individuals who have essentially passed away. Spouses are allowed to inherit each other's retirement accounts and make them their own. So anyone who is a non-spouse has to turn it into a beneficiary account. Prior to Secure Act 1.0, 
the method for taking out these RMDs was based off of a regular life expectancy table of the beneficiary most of the time. The SECURE Act changed this rule. And if you have a pre-SECURE Act beneficiary IRA, you take this money out based off of your life expectancy table. If you have a post-SECURE Act beneficiary IRA, the funds need to be liquidated over a 10-year window. So that's really important to understand. There are two methodologies of taking those money out as it pertains to beneficiary IRAs. When it comes to your- The 10-year thing go into effect. I'm sorry, Larry? When did the 10-year thing go into effect? 2019. Um, So regular RMDs, which are taken out of your own IRA 401k, are based off of a formula. Uh, The formula is basic. It's simply looking at the account value as of 1231 and using a basic life expectancy table for the calculation to run through. So every single year, your RMD is going to change as the 1231 value of your account changes, and you get a year older. The life expectancy table mandates you take a larger percentage out every single year. So when do you take your RMD? It, it, there's no you know one you know one size fits all approach to real to, to this. Some people take it throughout the course of the year. They spread it out on a monthly distribution just to maintain their cash flows. Some people take it out once a year if you have an elevated one-time payment to make for taxes, property taxes, something along those lines. Some people just take it in December so that growth and interest can basically accumulate in a tax-deferred account throughout the course of the year. So it can really be flexible based off how you want to. And there are a couple changes that we want to highlight based off of Secure Act 2.0, which basically went through over the weekend. So Secure Act 1.0 changed the uh, distribution date for RMDs from 70 and a half up to 72. In 2023, it changes to 73. So if you were going to be 72 years old next year, you no longer have to take that RMD. And it changes to 75 years old in 2033. There were a couple different incremental changes with 401ks. Um, and they did the, the other major uh, RMD rule that they changed was they they lowered the penalty. So in the past, if you did not take your RMD in a particular calendar year, the IRS penalty was 50% of the amount. They dropped it to 25% as of 2023. So there have been a number of changes that kind of filter through on that mandate. But the, the, the key one really being is it, 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 if you're 72 next year, you no longer have to take that required minimum distribution anymore. Yeah. The other important thing, too, is if you give any charitable you know, bequests, uh, it really pays to take it out of your RMD first. So if you were giving to a, a qualified charitable organization, a 501c3, you really want to take that contribution. Let's say it's $2,000 a year. You really want to take that all out of your IRA if you are in the required minimum distribution phase because that's tax-free. So it's a little bit of money that you're not going to pay taxes on uh, compared to giving that out of your non-qualified accounts uh, where you, you know that, that money is post-tax. Yeah, a lot of uh, one other question that we get a lot, and not to make this too long, is what do we do with the RMD if we don't need it? You know, we, we get hit with that a lot of times. There's a lot of different alternatives and solutions that you can do with RMDs that aren't necessarily needed based off of income and cash flow. But that's really an individualized question rather than addressing it on a broad scale here, I would say. Yeah, and especially in these markets, you want to be very careful with how you take these distributions. I think, you know, our team has spent a lot of time recently, you know, advising clients on how to take the distributions, when to take them uh, to make sure that, you know, if they do reinvest, uh, people aren't getting whipsawed in this environment. 
Yeah, well, thanks, guys. That was great. If you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com. And we'd like to wish you all a very happy new year, and we'll be back next week. Yes, happy new year to everyone, healthy and prosperous.